Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 47. On this episode, I've got a great conversation with Andrew Burningham, who is also known as Boy Becomes Hero. He just released his second album uh, called Escape Artist. It's a great little project. Um, really excited for it. We did this interview just before the, the release of it. Um, but yeah, had a great talk with Andrew. We talked about the new album, uh, which is a concept album that is actually the prequel to his other album, his debut album called Reverie. Um, this album goes into a little more of the character development and things like that. We talked about um, kind of how it felt a little bit like Coheed and Cambria's Armory Wars and um, the idea of potentially doing like a graphic novel or something like that to to really accompany the albums and, and so on. Uh, we also talked about Andrew's partnership with To Write Love on Her Arms. Um, he's a huge supporter of them. Most of the money that he's getting off of this project is going back to To Write Love on Her Arms, which I thought was really cool. Um, he's just a really awesome dude, um, very open and honest and sincere about everything. We talked a little bit about his uh, sobriety and mental health and um, being able to work with people like Garrett Rapp and uh, even Johnny Craig a little bit. Um, so... You know, it was a great conversation that I'm really excited to bring to you guys. And I hope you check out this project that he's working on. Um, again, because A, it's a great project, but B, um, most of the money that he gets off of it is going right back to, to write Love on Our Arms and really trying to give back to the mental health community and things like that. So for now, let's jump into my conversation with Andrew Burningham, a.k.a. Boy Becomes Hero. So yeah, to start off with, let's uh, kick it off with your name, what you do in the band, and just a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, so my name is Andrew Brittingham, and I am Boy Becomes Hero. Uh, I do all the instruments, um, all of my vocals, of course, uh, for it as well. And yeah, that's about it. I produce, write it all, record it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, dive into a little bit about what Boy Becomes Hero is. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's a solo project, but there there's some meaning behind that. So why don't you dive into that a little bit on kind of where that came from for you? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, funny enough, you know, Boy Becomes Hero really kind of started, like, 10 years ago as just, like, me doing acoustic music through my MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> um, just writing you know, sad songs about breakups or, or, you know, maybe, maybe the positive things about a relationship and just never really did too much with it. It was just kind of like me getting, getting my stuff out, I guess. And, um, you know, now two years ago, um, when I got to my first year of sobriety, I really, it was important for me to you know, all this recording equipment that I have and music, uh, instruments and everything, I was like, I've really got to prove to myself that I can still do this. Um, and, you know, kind of starting that first song was really the only intention was to just show that, you know, prove to myself, hey, now in sobriety, like, okay, I can do this. Right. Um, that, that one song turned to four, four turned to 10, um, and now it's turned into a second album, album even. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Boy Becomes Hero today is definitely something much different than what it initially was, but it means so much more to me now um, to be able to have this platform to be able to share, you know, what I'm going through mentally and through sobriety to be able to share, share my story with others that need to be able to hear that 
but then two to be able to create these concept albums and the stories that people can follow to kind of lose themselves a little bit in the music as well instead of just listening to you know music music nowadays over the airwaves that are just filled with you know drug and alcohol use and partying um which is just totally not realistic and to kind of pull away too from some of just like the real sad lyrics out there as well yeah yeah absolutely and i i think you know something that you do that kind of hit with me was the the conceptual album um you know growing up coheed and cambria did the the whole armory wars and that was what five or six different albums and you know i definitely get kind of that same feel here where this could easily if if decided turn into a graphic novel and kind of you know still tell the story even without the music but the music's a great you know accompaniment to that yeah, thanks. And, you know, I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah, that is definitely, I would love to be able to do that down the road. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, after releasing Reverie, I had a couple of conversations some, with some really cool illustrators um, from, like, Marvel Comics and DC Comics. I'm a massive Marvel geek. So um, <laughs> got with some of them, and I really, like, after hearing the price point, I was like, whoa. You know, yeah. Uh, let's circle back in a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I got to go hit the lottery uh, real quick. Oh, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, music today is not, you know, especially with the way that I'm doing it as an individual. Um, you know, there's there's not the live shows, and you know, my intention is is hugely to give away a lot of what I bring in from this too. Yeah. So, I would love to do something like that someday. Um, I do think that maybe like an animated music video might be in the cards. Yeah. Um, which I think would be a lot of fun to tell the story. Um, you know, and my initial idea too was like how, um, you know, years and years and years ago on Toonami, um, Daft Punk and the Gorillas had music videos for like every song on their album. Right. So like really, really followed. It was kind of like watching a movie almost. Um, gosh, and I looked into that and it's like 15 grand a minute or something to pay for. And I was like, whoa. Yep. Okay. We'll just not do that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, kind of looking forward to the future, you know, um, right now the way that people can kind of follow along is through the website and through like the album accompaniment on there. And of course, following along, you know, through the lyrics as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, talking about, you know, giving away, you know, some of what you, you bring in and what you create. Um, let's talk a little bit about your partnership with to write love on our arms and kind of how much, Obviously, it means to everybody else, but, you know, with dealing with your own sobriety and things like that, that's obviously a pretty big connection for you, right? Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, I think there's there's kind of a lot that goes into it, right? Um, I think a massive thing for me is the more that I share my story and that I'm able to connect with other individuals. Um, you know, like before we started, I mentioned to you that, that I own you know, a gym here in Michigan, you know, that's kind of my way of giving back on a local level too. Yeah. And I have a lot of conversations about mental health and substance abuse with a lot of our members or people coming in looking for a membership. Um, so, and of course I do that with the music as well. And it is, it's, it, I think that it helps keep me accountable as well. You know, I, I don't feel you know, today, nor have I, thankfully, over the past three and a half years of my sobriety felt like I'm at risk of losing it. Right. But I'm sure there, there might certainly come a day. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've got a buddy that every time that he comes up from Indiana, actually, um, we go to, you know, go out to dinner or something like that. And there's really a bunch of us out, you know, and sometimes there's, there's people there that we haven't been with, you know, or don't know too well. And, you know, the waiter or waitress will always say, you know, and, oh, and, and what can I get you to drink? You know, or yeah. what kind of drink would you like? And, and he always interrupts me when I'm going to just say water, you know, or like a pop or something. Yeah. And, and he goes, oh, no, he has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's it's become something that's been become so fluent for me to really be able to talk about. Yeah. And it's really helped me heal in the, in the mental health realm myself. Yeah. You know, so I, I think... I really line up with Twiloha on that matter of, you know, keeping the conversation going is so important. Um, if we don't share our stories with people out there who are struggling, then they may not know what's even possible. 
Yeah. You know, and we live in this crazy world of just like cancel culture right now and all of this negativity left and right, you know, and, and people just being, you know, berated and damned for speaking their, their mind, you know, and, um, which, you know, <laughs> not to say that there's, there's not some people out there doing bad stuff, but you right. know, I mean, if some, if somebody says they're struggling with something, they shouldn't be made fun of or tormented more because of it. Yeah. You know, and, and there are proper outlets to be able to take care of that. And, you know, some people do need, you know, professional help, you know, and I'm, I'm one of those people, whether it's just, even though the majority of my therapy sessions, sessions seem to be me talking the entire time, um, you know, but it really helps, you know, I, when I was, when I was a kid, I thought that, you know, everybody would have thought that I was, you know, the most happy go lucky person around and that I would have never had any issues. And I was really against speaking to a professional. But part of that's because I also didn't have anybody in my life at the time that I looked up to that was even willing to, to speak about their own issues. Right. So really until, uh, you know, until just a couple of years ago, um, when I started, you know, my substance abuse counseling, did I really see, you know, in the peers that I was surrounded with that like, everybody's got something going on. You know, I mean, there wasn't, there, there wasn't not one person. And I mean, I mean, some people had it worse. Some people had it better. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a competition, but I, I mean, we can certainly do something to help one another. And if, if the most minimum thing I can do is just help share my story, then that's what I want to do. And I mean, I think to write love on her arms has an amazing platform. Of course, they've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Their team is, is amazing over there and they're so well equipped to help people on, you know, at least a national level minimum to find the help they need in their area. Right. Where, you know, as, as an artist, maybe I'm not totally equipped to do that. Um, you know, and, and, and I can help, you know, pass someone along to them while still, you know, sharing my story with individuals that reach out and hearing and hearing theirs, I'm certainly not a professional. (laughs) So, um, by, by being able to have a partnership with somebody that, are professionals that helping people find professional help. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier and makes it much more enjoyable to be able to just continue to share my story on my end as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of the, um, the culture change that's happened, right? You know, like when you, like you said, when you and I were growing up, not that many people were talking about it, you know, mental health was in, and it still is very stigmatized where you just didn't talk about it, you know? The, the old saying, man up, was very common when we were growing up. But now there's so many musicians like yourself and other, you know, actors or whatever that are like, no, it's, o- it's okay to talk about your mental health. Like, you're a person that deserves to live a life, you know? Um, and I think what you're saying is, is spot on with the more of us that share those stories, the more comfortable those uncomfortable conversations become. And it helps kind of direct people and allow people the comfort to say, okay, I do need help. I need therapy or whatever the case may be. Exactly. Or, or maybe they can at least have a different outlook on, on what that may be. You know, I mean, I, I think like when I was a kid, I might've been afraid that it might've been that, that therapy was something completely different, you know, like, you know, probably didn't really envision it like this, but like, almost as bad as strapping me down on a table and, and make it make me do or say things that I didn't want to right. do or say, you know, and, and, and that's not what it is. You know, I mean, um, it can completely be a safe place and, and somewhere to at least at the very bare minimum, get things off your chest, your feelings and, and on your mind, what's on your mind to, to a non-biased individual. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it's great to have, you know, family members and friends and coworkers that are, good to be a part of your accountability system, but they're almost always going to be biased to to one thing or another. So, so yeah, it's a, you know, I, I hope that people are able to find, you know, what works best for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the, the really cool things that to write love on our arms does is on their website, they actually have that, uh, find help tab now and you go there, put in your zip code and you can find free or discounted, um, counselors and therapists in your area. So, um, you know, 
I'm the same as you. I'm not a professional by any means, but if somebody's looking for that and, you know, the the cost can be a, a roadblock for a lot of people, there's a tool to yeah. try to find a way around that roadblock. Absolutely. Yeah. It, like you said, I mean, that find help tool is, is phenomenal. And, and, and like I mentioned, I mean, their team, that's exactly what they're there for is to help people really find that and kind of navigate that. Cause you're right. I mean, there's, we live in a world where like insurance is out of control, you know, I mean, that, I mean, therapy is not cheap, no. you know, um, where it should be something that's certainly much more widely available and, and it can be frustrating. You know, if you don't feel like you can find the resources properly available to you, it's awesome to be able to have somebody else that, that knows how to navigate that realm a little bit easier that can, can kind of light the path for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's let's direct back into the the music side of it for you a little more. Um, you've got the the new album coming out, which is going to be a prelude to to Reverie. Um, tell fans just a little bit of of maybe the background story that you know went into the character development or whatever for how you decided that this story arc was what you wanted to tell. Yeah, so I think what really kind of happened here was, like I mentioned songwriting for me in the past was like oh sad lyrics and or or like oh i'm happy about this relationship you know that was right. that was my relationship was with with me creating music was that it was something that had to do with maybe a current relationship i was in where really you know being a year into sobriety and kind of riding that high of being sober and starting to work on the first album i was just happy you know, so there wasn't anything like sad to really write about. Yeah. Um, so I think that the natural thing was to, you know, I didn't really envision myself writing a song that was like, I'm so happy <laughs> uh, and like being like that. Um, so it was just kind of natural for me, I suppose, you know, I do, you know, you mentioned Coheed and Cambria. Um, I think there's a lot of amazing artists out there that are doing concept albums too. And I, I listen to a lot of those mm -hmm. myself. Um, so yeah, it really just started with kind of creating the characters. And as the album began to build, it was just something that I, that I kind of couldn't let go of. So, you know, the first album really is very much, you know, story and character oriented where things were a little different for writing escape artists um, for me mentally and you know production wise so yeah. it kind of made a pretty major change coming into this one yeah and uh, you were I'm gonna say lucky enough with everything that's going on uh, to get a lot of your your guest vocalist back to to make sure that that story was very fluid and continual um, so you got Garrett Rapp back you got uh, Chris Crummett, um, Johnny Craig. What's it like kind of working with, with people from a wide variety, really, in the music industry? Yeah, you're right. It is definitely a wide variety. Um, so, yeah, the first album, um, you know, I worked with Chris Crummett on it, and Garrett Rapp was on there, um, Kurt Travis, Aaron Gillespie, and Sam Cole, um, and then Renati. Um, and being able to work with all those different people was phenomenal um, because of course in Reverie there's a lot of different characters going on in there um, really helping kind of build the story and so it was a lot of fun to be able to allow them to use their voices to create the different characters right. and of course amazing to be able to work with these people that are massive in this music scene yeah. right <laughs> yeah. um, there was really a lot of people a, a lot of other musicians, you know, and, and vocalists that I had reached out to from other bands that I really respect, um, as well that did just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some that, you know, that they're in management groups where, you know, it, you like got a hold of the manager and they're like, yeah, this is not really like the direction they're going in. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> you know and who, nobody knows who I am. You know, I'm sending them these shitty demos that aren't even mixed through yet, you know, just trying to create this story and figure right. out where to take it. Um, but I couldn't be happier with the first one and who all ended up on it. I mean, those musicians are people who I, or vocalists are people who I respect, you know, to the utmost. And I have a really, you know, deep connection with them just because of my upbringing in music as well. Right. Um, and then Escape Artist was a little different, you know, I mean, kind of starting to write that one, 
Um, as you've heard, it's a much darker album than Reverie is. So yeah. we need we needed much darker of a tone to that. So Andreas Magnuson um, mixed and mastered this one. So um, and he does like the Black Dahlia Murder, Oh Sleeper, Haste the Day. Um, once again, bands that I really respect, but that are you know really pulling that darker element out of their music. Right. Um, so. You know, it was a lot of fun, certainly, yeah, to bring Garrett back in. Um, having Johnny on was something that I was definitely looking forward to as well. Um, and, of course, there's been some things in the media about him as well. But, you right. know, I mean, the, it's he's just singing. So, <laughs> um, And then uh, the kind of cool thing was, you know, quarantine really hit at a time where I had already kind of, like, planned to have released the album by the time quarantine hit um and that obviously didn't happen right so you know it really kind of pushed some things back you know for you know some some people not being able to get to a studio to do their portions um you know because we all do this remotely anyway so well you would think that quarantine couldn't mess that up too much it it certainly did um but it allowed the opportunity to bring Jonathan Gearing on from the Devil Wears Prada and add all of the, you know, programming and additional instrumentals that you hear as well. Randy Vanderbilt is doing a couple additional guitar stuff. So it really helped, I mean, kind of take this thing to the next level. And I couldn't be happier that it forced us to kind of take a step back and reevaluate and say like, well, what more can we do with this then? instead of just rushing to release it yeah. for any reason. Um, I think I had initially kind of put myself on this strange, like, oh, yeah, okay, so like 12 more months and then another album kind of kind of thing. And, right. and it, it cer- certainly doesn't have to be that for any reason, you know. Um, so and it's, it's almost, you know, geez, now another seven, eight months after when I was really thinking. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more happy with it. And being able to work with these people that are so big in the industry is awesome. You know, and <laughs> some of them are really amazing to work with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I've even been able to create, you know, a little bit more of a relationship with, you know, like Garrett and I, we keep in contact um, and we might even be doing some things, you know, um, between the work he does outside of music and with my business as well. Yeah. So it's been really cool to make those connections and really understand you know, hey, well, this person is is who they really are perceived to be. Right. Um, so it's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I think one of the misconceptions that a, a lot of fans may have is that every single musician out there has recording stuff at their house, so everybody can just do it from home, right? And that's really yeah. not the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You would totally think that. Um, and yeah, it's not like that one bit. Yeah. So um, we'll jump into some of the tracks here in, in just a second, too. But you're going to be releasing a uh, deluxe version of the album that revisits a couple yeah. of the the previous song. Well, I guess technically the upcoming songs, if you're looking at it from a story aspect, but the uh, some songs off Reverie. What went into deciding yeah. that you needed to kind of tweak those or, or make changes on them? Um, so... I'll be honest with you, I think it was really the mix. Um, you know, Chris Crummit is awesome at what he does. He is absolutely, you know, if not the top person in, you know, this genre of music for what he does, you know, as far as producing and mixing and mastering goes, um, then he's at least one of the top. Right. Um, you know, he's got a crazy full book, though, and is, you know, I think, you know, his, his niche is to work with people in the studio, you know, and to help them produce. And that's a lot of, lot more fun for him to probably do. Um, so, you know, not that reverie is not everything that I would have wanted for it, but I think I was really able to find more of my sound in escape artist. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sorry, I kind of lost it a little bit there. Re- re-ask me that question again. Uh, just kind of what went into the, the decision to pick, you know, those couple songs. It looks like there's uh, three songs that you yeah. kind of revamped a little bit for Reverie. Yeah, so it, it was kind of natural to pick those three because 
it's where the characters meet. So right at abstraction is where, um, you know, the protagonist and antagonist really meet in reverie, but it's also where they would, you know, where the story would cross over from escape artist into reverie as well. Um, so it felt pretty natural to do it like that, but yeah, certainly a lot of it is the, is the mix there. Um, these songs are definitely revamped a little bit. Um, there's some different vocals on there too. So I think, I think people will really enjoy them. Um, kind of, you know, my recording process got a lot better too. Um, so, you know, re-recording a lot of that was really a lot of fun to be able to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I agree with you about Chris. Like, he's got to be at least in the conversation for, for the top guy. Um, but I think you're right. I think there's definitely a difference between getting stems sent to you and just kind of trying to do whatever versus having that person there and going, hey, I really like that, but but let's change this and doing it right in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you, like we both said, I mean, Chris is awesome. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's not a single, anybody says that he's not, they don't have any idea what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean the process was, yeah, much more like that. It was like, Hey, we're working together on this project. You know, I mean, his time is really strict Yeah. where working with Andreas, I mean, I mean, and seriously, I mean, I have a absolutely, newfound respect for him, you know, and love the dude to death from working with him. You know, I mean, it, he, his schedule, maybe not quite as strict, you know, right. and was really cool for him to really help with some of the production as well. And to be able to give some of his feedback also Yeah. where with, with Chris, that wasn't really much of an availability for me because we weren't in the studio working on it together where really working with Andreas this time, it's, felt like I was in the studio, you know, except almost for like months. Right. Um, because there was, if there was something that, that we felt like needed a change or, or could have used a little bit more of this there or a little bit more of this here, then it was, it was really awesome to get down to it. So I really look forward to, you know, continuing to work with him in the future. And, and I do, I think that we really helped, helped me dial in what the sound was that I wanted for escape artist, you know, and it's, it's a, it's an extremely cohesive record. Yeah. Um, as far as the sound goes where reveries maybe a little bit more all over the place, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a pretty experimental album. Yeah. Um, and it, it branches, you know, breaches through a lot of different genres in, you know, that metalcore or post hardcore realm. Um, where some of it even sounds like it's like early 2000s kind of stuff. <laughs> like you, you, you might listen to it and be like, whoa, was this recorded back then? Right. <laughs> um, which is really cool, you know, and some people, you know, have said that like, man, it really sounds like some of that old stuff, which, which is absolutely what I was going for because a lot of the riffs in that even I wrote like 15 years ago, like when I was in bands, when I was like 14, 15, 16, yeah. um, so, you know, stuff that just never got used that I loved, um, that I was able to kind of re-put into it where everything on Escape Artist, not a single thing was, was ever written before until the day that I sat down to actually like really start writing the album. Right. Um, so let's dive into to a couple of the tracks. Um, we'll start off with uh, Flexibility, which people have already, hopefully have already heard. Um, it's been out for yeah. a couple weeks little over a month now right came out at the end of yep. july so um yeah yeah about a month and a half um yep. dive into kind of the the story arc you know that that really starts to kick off the the prelude if you will um so dive into a little bit of just where that that d- development came in yeah so it, it was really not extremely well planned um <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, you know, it, this album kind of evolved like Reverie did too. Like, I think, you know, I was kind of just expecting to sit down and I was like, I'm going to write a really friggin' heavy song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, here we go. You know, got the music all laid out um, and what I wanted for it. And I was really at a really low point mentally, for sure. You know, my sobriety had kind of lost its luster. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I haven't, I haven't lost my sobriety by any means, but it's, you know, you start a couple, you know, and it's probably different for everybody. Well, it's definitely different for everyone. Right. Um, after a while, you know, you start to re-experience a lot of those feelings. You kind of like lose that high of, of 
you know, sobriety being new, you mm-hmm. know, and I started experiencing depression again and anxiety and, and a lot of the things that I had experienced before that I was trying to escape. Yeah. Um, and now I knew the outlet that, that it, that was necessary, which was write music. Um, so I sat down to write this song and, you know, all in the same day that everything was done, I recorded the lyrics and I was just kind of going for like melody lines at first. And everything that you're hearing on that song was first take. Um, like the vocals, like the, the, the lyrics, everything was just boom, had nothing written down. It just came out of my mouth and it stayed there, which is super Um, impressive. Thanks. Um, but I think it really speaks to, you know, where I was mentally then too, you know, um, definitely had some people say, you know, like, well, if I didn't know better, I, you know, I'd be asking you like, are are you sure you're okay? Right. (laughs) Um, cause it's rough, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a rough song and, and it shows it lyrically and musically. And that's kind of where, you know, my initial intention for the next album that I was going to write, this was not the album that was supposed to come next. Um, the album that was supposed to come next was supposed to be a little bit um, more like kind of happy and like party-ish, you know, Um, and kind of follow a much different storyline where the idea for this album had been there, but it wasn't really supposed to come to fruition and not something I thought much about um, until this came out. And I was like, okay, now I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, in that one song instantly, you know, the story just kept evolving. Um, so yeah, that song and, and that really this entire album too, doesn't as much just follow the storyline and the lyrics don't just say what's happening, but they're very much more of an emotional avenue, um, kind of leading people through the story this time where a lot of the lyrics in Reverie are, visual right where this time they're, they're much more emotional yeah um something that i think that you do that's really cool and i i keep going back to the coheed and cambria thing but you also intentionally put in some kind of interlude songs and and strictly instrumentals to help direct the emotion or you know make the story flow a little better what's for you what's the difference in writing a song that you know is going to have lyrics versus this just has to tell the story through the music only. Yeah. So I think this time, um, I mean, first off this album, you know, as you know, it's pretty unrelenting. I mean, the, the songs where there is lyrics and screaming, it is heavy. Um, and that's not the only type of music that I listen to. You know, I mean, I listen to a wide range of music and, Um, I think this time when I was really trying to decide, you know, what should go into the interludes, because, you know, I think people will notice this if they've listened to Reverie before, is that that both albums follow a very kind of specific structure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's meant to be that way. So when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, I don't want to just have, you know, the same lyrics repeated in each interlude this time again you know it didn't want to have too much continuity where it's almost monotonous um you know and you know i i listened to a good bit of you know that chill hop that kind of lo-fi stuff um and i think that that's another genre of music that really somehow without there being any words can can bring up bring up a lot of different feelings for people yeah um so, you know, John Gearing and I were really able to kind of hash out exactly what we were looking for um, and, and what we were feeling for it as the transitions from each, from and to each song. Um, and there's even, you know, little sounds here and there that you'll hear, you know, like as, as the characters in the, in the story are like on a ship, you know, the interlude that you hear that's getting you there, you hear creaks and cracks like yeah. of a ship. You know, and you hear like wind and rain, um, and in abscond, which is out. I mean, you hear, you know, like the siren song, um, and those are just things that I don't know that you can. Sometimes imagery is is in sound, right. not just in you know what you're providing through the lyrics. So once again, I think you know with this being a much more emotional album, it was necessary to kind of reel in some of the lyrics too and just let those be what what they are yeah 
Yeah, um, and I, I think it flows really well, like I like I was saying, and I think it's the same thing with you. Um, it it fills in the gaps where maybe words aren't quite enough, or maybe words are too intentional. It allows the the listener to kind of build their own visual on okay, I know what's going on, like, this This is how I see this. And I think that's where, like I said earlier, you know, the graphic novel or you said, like, a little animated movie or something would be flawless with that because the soundtrack's already there to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, um, I mean, an instrumental version of the album is going to be coming too. Oh, sweet. Um, so I think that'll, that'll be really fun for people to kind of dig in and hear all that as well. But, yeah, I agree with you, man. If somebody, if anybody... <laughs> that does illustration listens to this and they want to, and they want to work with me, then gosh, figure out how to get a hold of me quick. <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, let's talk about restitution. It's been out mm, two weeks, three weeks two now, weeks. two yep. weeks. Two, so, um, two, two weeks you're at looking at Spotify right now. Or no, it's, I'm sorry. It just, it just came out last Friday. So it's only been you're out right. a week. Yeah. A little over, just over a week. Um, so as of, our conversation right now, you're at 24,000 plays in a week on that song specifically. Um, Hell yeah. That's another Garrett rap song. Uh, for those that aren't uh-huh. familiar with Garrett somehow, uh, Garrett is from The Color Morale. Um, talk a little bit about restitution and I guess the the story, but also I always find it interesting. What made you decide this is a single versus some of the other songs? Um. Good questions there. <laughs> so I think, so I can make sure I'm answering them all properly. Let yep. me answer the last one there first. So what kind of decides what's a single, I guess, for me is, you know, this time around, I wanted for everybody to be able to get a little bit of a taste of what's coming in this album, but not to give them everything quite yet. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, through what what we've released so far you know flexibility is is absolutely unrelenting throughout the entire thing yeah essentially um then of course abscond is one of the instrumental tracks um and an interlude which there's three of and then there's restitution you know which is really um aside from the instrumentals um the softest song on the album um, so really give people a good, you know, gap here to understand like what's really coming because yeah. everything else really kind of falls in between um, or touches in both areas throughout a song. So that's kind of where some of that decision came from. Awesome. Uh, Storyline wise, this episode will go out uh, the 30th. So like five days after the album's out. So yeah, we don't have to say spoiler alerts, but storyline wise kind of. Yeah. restitution tell a little bit about like how that pushes the narrative yeah so restitution you know and this entire album once again you know similar to reverie is like very self-autobiographical if i'm pronouncing that <laughs> correctly um you know reverie is kind of a weird thing where like it really does like kind of touch on my childhood which is a really strange thing yeah um in how that happened and how that lined up. Um, so I guess it was just kind of natural where this song really, uh, or escape artist really bridges a gap between really just like, even like the last year and a half of my life. So, you know, and maybe that's why, you know, so much is able to fit over a short period of time, I guess. Um, but restitution really touches more on, where I am today and a lot of the promises that I've made like as an individual and the human being that I want to be moving forward. Um, it certainly talks a lot about, you know, you know, the feeling, um, and, and the emotions, you know? Um, so I, I primarily wrote the lyrics for this song. Um, and, and Garrett wrote some as well, but you know, the verses where it gets down to, um, you know, saying, you know, feeling, feeling distorted, um, you know, feeling dead or dull, that's me, you know, yeah. and then, and then the song progressing and saying, you know, all, you know, all I need is you, you know, I mean, the, 
that that goes out to everyone. You know, I mean, this song is certainly an anthem to my wife for sure because she deserves it. You know, she's been my backbone through my sobriety and my mental health struggles 100%. Um, but I mean, so has everybody else that I surround myself in my life too. Right. You know, and I, I think, you know, kind of the, the lyrics at the end of the song, you know, saying that, you know, I'm going to build a goddamn throne. Um, that's how I feel, you yeah. know, I, at this point, like with my mental health, like no matter how low I get or how high I get, like, I just need to keep building this fucking thing and I'm going to sit on it and I'm going to stay here and protect it because what I have is so precious to me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where that gets to. And that's really the idea of where the character is there too. You know, the character in, in the album, like feels like he has lost everything, but has decided you know, to really just, you know, put on this mask and just take care of his, you know, new community and the people that he's surrounding himself with in order to live and lead a better life. And that's, you know, that's really where I'm at today too. Yeah. So I think, you know, it is, it's, it's very much that song and flexibility a lot more than some of the other ones are very much where I am, you know, today, as opposed to, you know, just telling story. Right, right. And that may be the answer to the next question I thought of, which is, out of Reverie and Escape Artist, what song would you say you're, like, most pr proud of or have, like, the most connection into? Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely album over album. I guess I would say like escape artist over reverie. I've got a much, much more of a connection to, I think, mm -hmm. um, because it's so deeply emotional for me. Right. Um, but track wise, mm, I would have to really say that like clouds is mountains is probably the most one emotionally, you know, yeah. kind of writing that, writing that letter to the listeners. Um, and, and sharing a lot of things through that was extremely emotional to be able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I, the idea was to keep the track pretty raw too. You know, I mean, you can hear my voice crack a couple of times in the vocals as well. And, and I decided to leave it that way yeah. instead of trying to redo things and make it perfect because it's, it's kind of an imperfect song right? Um, in, in its message. So I really think that that's probably the one that I would, you know, emotionally connect to maybe, maybe the most. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, let's just, uh, to wrap up here, um, let's ask, I've got kind of two questions, more lighthearted, not directly about the albums or anything, obviously. Uh, yeah. but let's say COVID goes away finally and everybody's free to, to live life again and all that. Um, if you got to go out on tour Obviously, you would want to take some of the guys with you to, to do some of the vocals, but like, what would be your ideal tour setup if you had you plus three other bands? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, so like, what other bands would I want to be on tour with? Yeah, yeah. Mm, man. I think I would have to go with I mean, he is legend would be really fun. I think solid. Yep. Um, White Bat is phenomenal. I think that that album is so heavy. You know, if we're kind of talking about like how like how heavy that things would be or how well it would <laughs> fit together, I would for sure say them. Um, and then probably like Norma Jean, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Um, would be really cool. And then, gosh, I mean if. If, if you're asking perfect world, I mean, if we can get drop dead gorgeous back together, then, then I would say them, right. Um, if they were doing like their newest record, but bands that are together, maybe, maybe like the devil wears Prada. Yeah. Solid. So I think, I think maybe those three. Yeah. Solid. Um, and then kind of our last, like super lighthearted thing if you were being a Marvel nerd, uh, if you were able to help develop any Marvel character story and like join in on the, the team for the comics or, or the movies, what 
character would you want to be like in charge of or help writing? Oh my gosh. That's a, <laughs> that's a really cool question. Um, I know that I'm like a little bit in the dark here. I'm a massive Iron Man fan. I've got like all the glasses from the movies and stuff like that. And, um, a ridiculous amount of stuff. I think, I think if I, if I was able to, to be on anything, it would probably maybe be Iron Man, but I really love Miles Morales too. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would love to be a part of something with him. Cause I think he's still so much a developing character Yeah. where it might be cool to be really in charge of like his direction or be a part of that at least Yeah. where like I, Iron Man, they're, they're like going back and changing some of his backstory now right. and stuff like that, which is super weird. Um, so I, I think that would be cool. You know, some, someone more like Miles Morales where they've got a lot more character development on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. I think for, for Miles, like as many times as Spider-Man has rebooted and restarted and, you know, everybody's frustrated with movies and whatnot. I think Miles, they finally have a clean enough slate. We'll put it that way that they could really hit the ground running and do pretty much whatever they want without any kind of retconning, you know, having to go back on, well, we, we changed this because of that. Like he's a clean slate. Let's just write what we want to write with him. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's really cool with that character. I mean, of course they bring him from like universe to universe and, and he's kind of got, you know, that ability as well, you yeah. know, through the spider verse to be able to do that where like, yeah, regular Spider-Man is really cool, you know, but his story, his story is overused. So, I mean, out of all the new characters, Miles Morales is probably one of the coolest. A lot of other new yeah. Marvel characters, they've got a specific agenda behind by the, why they released some of those characters. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> whether, whether it's like global warming or whatever right. that they feel like they have to touch on. Um, so, yeah, he's a really cool character. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, what I'm going to do now is give you however long it takes you to plug everything you want to plug. I'll make sure I'm tagging all your socials and stuff, but plug whatever you want to plug, cool. say whatever you want to say to, to fans, um, you know, to, to write love on our arms, people, whatever the case may be. The, the last few minutes are yours, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I would, you know, just say to everyone, like we mentioned, I mean, it's, it's massive for, for me to want to give everything back from this, um, to, to write love on our arms. So this time we really kind of took back from, you know, doing merch and doing physical albums and stuff like that. So it, it is, it's, in, you know, we're in such a digital world now, you know, I would just encourage everybody, Hey, like if you really, if you love the album, stream the hell out of it over yeah. and over and over again. Um, but instead of, you know, wanting to buy stuff right now um to support me during this time like maybe you would with some other bands donate some of that money you know that you would have spent on this album or or to support me to to write love on her arms because that is supporting me um and that's and that's really what i want to see happen now is just our communities be able to continue to grow in this crazy time um so yeah i mean i think that's about it i mean yeah stream the hell out of it and and uh just show support to your communities awesome like i said i'll tag all the socials but go ahead and tell people too where where they can find you you're pretty active on instagram and such so go ahead and throw those out for yeah. people as well yeah so pretty much everything is at boy becomes hero um it was a pretty easy one to right. snag <laughs> so yeah instagram is at boy becomes hero facebook is at boy becomes hero twitter is at boy becomes hero um the website is just www.boybecomeshero.com. So all of the album accompaniments are on there. There is a little store on there um, with some merch left too. So if people do want to grab something, of course, I'll, I'll do my part and donate the rest of it uh, right. to, to Aloha too. Um, yeah, I think that's just about it. I, you know, and just super easy, Boy Becomes Hero on any music platform. This stuff is everywhere. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm digging the sound. I love the, the idea of the concept album. So um, I'm glad to see it, it kind of making that resurgence of, of sorts and um, looking forward to release day for you. And hopefully fans just latch on and don't let go. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for your time, man. 
And that was my conversation with Andrew, a.k.a. Boy Becomes Hero. Um, really, you know, enjoyed that conversation. It's really cool that, you know, this project means so much to him. But yet, so does To Write Love on Our Arms that he's giving away the the money off this project to go right back to To Write Love on Our Arms. You know, not many artists or people in general do things like that. You know, this is a labor of love in its truest sense where, you know, a lot of this is out of his own pocket and, um, you know, he's, he's worked very hard on it and is still giving away so much of that project to an organization that he believes very, very strongly in. And I just thought that was really cool. Um, appreciate his time. Uh, really kind of cool that we live as close to, to each other as we do. Um, you know, so maybe when COVID goes away, we'll get a in-person interview because that's not too terrible of a drive for me to, you know, link up with him somewhere. So, um, definitely want you guys to go check out the new album called Escape Artist. Again, it's kind of a prequel to his debut album called Reverie. And it's a concept album following some characters and their development and has this really cool storyline. And he does this amazing thing. We talked about it a little bit in the interview where not every song is just screaming in your face or anything like that. There's songs that are just instrumentals to kind of change the tone a little bit or to give you a little more immersive feel and sight into what this project is. And, you know, again, it's something that Andrew is very, very passionate about. Um, we talked about his sobriety to write love on our arms, things like that. And I would highly encourage you guys to, to check all that stuff out as well. Um, you know, we're not licensed counselors by any means, but Andrew and I did talk in the interview a little bit about um, the power of finding help. And, you know, it's, it's a process. Uh, to Write Love on Our Arms has an amazing tool. If you go to Twaloha, which is T-W-O-L-H-A dot com slash find help. Um, they've got a tool on there where you put in your your zip code um, and it'll bring up, you know, different counselors and therapists in your area. Um, many of them that offer services at, you know, reduced rates based on income or whatever the case may be. Um, so definitely check that out if, if you're someone that needs that or is looking for some sort of resources, you know. Um, that's everything I've got for you guys on this particular episode. As always, I hugely appreciate you giving me the support that you do. Be sure to jump over and like and follow and subscribe to Boy Becomes Hero on all the different social medias. Those are linked in the description of the podcast as well. Um, make sure you join us on Instagram and Facebook. That's where we're most active. We've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up in the works um, and some really cool merch coming up. So we've got a couple designs that we're going to be releasing soon as well as currently still have our mental health awareness collection uh, is still up in the store. That'll be up for another two weeks um, before we take that down. The proceeds from those items are going back to mental health awareness organizations like To Write Love on Our Arms, Hope for the Day, Heart Support, uh, Crisis Text Line, NAMI, you know, wherever we can send money, we're going to try. Um if you guys could give us a like, follow, subscribe, uh, ideally a five-star rating on, you know, iTunes or wherever you're, you're listening to us, we did just get picked up and we are on Amazon podcast now as well. So if you're on Amazon music, you can find our podcast on there. Um, 
as always, guys, you know, I, I say it every episode and I truly mean it. I appreciate your your support of me and this project. Uh, we're coming up on a year. I've got a really, really cool episode coming up for the one year anniversary. I don't want to give away too many details on it just yet because I do want it to be a little bit of a surprise. But I think it's somebody that you guys are going to be really excited to hear from. Um and I know I'm really excited to talk to them again. So um, they have not been a guest on the podcast so far. I will tell you that much. Um, that's it, guys. That's everything I've got for this week. I am going to take you out with a song off of the new album, Escape Artist by Boy Becomes Hero. And that song is going to be Restitution featuring Garrett Rapp. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.